You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Friday, June 17th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about Miss Marvel, Episode 2, Crushed. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Brad, it's almost the weekend. Are you excited? I mean, I'm always down to have time off work, so yes. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump into this. We'll start with feedback from last week's podcast. Anil from Thailand writes in, when Kamala gets her power, she flashes back to what I believe to be her great-grandmother's last memory while she was wearing the bangle. This would have been during the Indian-Pakistan partition. There, were mass, there was a mass exodus of, from both Muslim population to what is now Pakistan and Hindu population from that territory. Violence and horrific things happened to a lot of the people during this period. Um, and obviously we saw with this episode, episode two, we know that her great grandma was abandoned or so the family believes that her daughter or abandoned her daughter to find her way to the train alone. So um, do you think that could be it? Do you think that flash from last week was a flashback to seeing her great grandma's last memory wearing the bangle? I think that's definitely possible. Um, there were there were a lot of like silhouettes in that image, right? Yeah, it looked like they had so, glowing eyes or something, though. I don't. Yeah, that was that was like kind of like what made me feel like it was like a spiritual plane kind of thing. And so, I mean, maybe it's a thing of where like if it's something that happened to her, where maybe her power became too much for her, and like she she died in front of a bunch of people or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, uh, JJ from Idaho wrote in he says i have an idea of where kamala's green grandmother's bangle came from it reminded me of the 10 rings from shang chi maybe they have the same source or similar sources if the bangle is kree maybe the 10 rings are also kree it could be that the kree scattered these artifacts and one ended up in pakistan one ended up in china maybe there are still more to discover in asia 
I'm curious to hear what you think of this, Brad, because I, one part of me loves this idea because it kind of feels very much like the Infinity Saga and how they like kind of laid out the Infinity Stones and like built it up without us knowing over the period of a, a few films before we realized like the the Cosmic Cube was an Infinity Gem. Uh, do you think? But on the other hand, I'm not sure if it adds up. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that having like a series of items connected to like one source of power, something like that feels maybe a little too close to the infinity stones, even though there's not necessarily a plot device in Marvel comics of like collecting those kinds of items and forming another super weapon of sorts. So in theory, like I, I like that kind of secret interconnectivity that there might be. Uh, and maybe there, there is something like that, that won't be, too similar to the narrative that was constructed around the infinity stones but uh yeah it's it's interesting nonetheless and i think it's now time to give our brief reactions of this episode brad let's start with you what did you think of miss marvel episode two uh i think it's a solid episode uh not not quite as good as the first episode uh but i still think i it, you know um because the six episode series like you're gonna have that same like spirit the whole way through the episodes i don't think are gonna feel like drastically different from uh each other and i I like seeing uh you know her embrace this the new powers that she's discovered and especially just you know kamala's personality and like turning herself into a superhero the thing that she loves so much um and just yeah i i like the, the evolution of it it feels it feels familiar in the way that like uh spider-man does not necessarily spider-man uh homecoming since we didn't get like an origin story of spider-man again with tom holland but like kind of similar to seeing toby Maguire become spider-man or andrew garfield become spider-man that kind of thing yeah i agree this show continues to be a delight um i love how it kind of packs some culture into the story and uh in you know, in a Marvel thing is exposing a lot of people to things that they might not know, know, know about, uh, you know, mosques, uh, the history of the partition, stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I thought that the culture stuff here is like, uh, I think maybe even stronger than the first episode, just of how it digs in, uh, to, to their religion and lifestyle. But it like, it does it in a way too, where like, it feels like a, you know, a John Hughes movie, just not a John Hughes movie that's focused on, you know, white suburban teens. 100%. And uh, like you said about Spider-Man Homecoming, like my favorite part of Spider-Man Homecoming was the high school coming of age stuff. And uh, this really has a lot more time to spend in that world. And I'm kind of hoping, you know, we're only two episodes into the six episodes uh, series. And I'm kind of hoping it doesn't pull a Spider-Man Homecoming and go away from that and become like bigger stakes and bigger, you know, the super villains and stuff like that. Like I, I really am enjoying her friends and like the, the smallness of this high school story on top of like, you know, obviously her having powers and stuff like that. So, um, okay, let's get into the breakdown. Episode two is titled crushed. And, uh, this is the title of volume three of that initial comic book run. And the title I think is a reference to her crush on, Cameron and also maybe her feeling crushed at the same time. Well, uh, I, th I think that, and also maybe, uh, maybe the feelings of, uh, her best friend perhaps being crushed, seeing that she is interested, uh, in, uh Cameron and not, uh, maybe receptive to the feelings that he seems to have for her. For sure. Um, and the episode opens with a scene where Kamala walks through her high school uh, in contrast to last week's entrance into high school. And this time she has a lot more confidence. And I, I feel like we can all relate to this. Like as a kid, you'd get like, you know, new clothes and a haircut and you'd walk into high school thinking like everybody would notice and you'd be like the, the cool new person. <laughs> I mean, like you're like uh, you know the person in the John Hughes movie that like had this transformation, and then no one actually notices. But um, the difference here is Kamala is actually cool, and she's just finding her confidence in who she is. And um, yeah, and while I I wasn't cool, I just got a new haircut. So 
<laughs> there's, there's that. Um, but I, I enjoyed that whole sequence in the beginning. Uh, she bumps into a senior who is a transfer student named Cameron, uh, who she clearly has the eyes for, despite the fact that he looks like he's in his mid-20s. My question to you, Brad, is this the typical TV high school casting where they have to obviously cast someone in their 20s for high school? Or is he intentionally older looking because, you know, there's obviously something going on of him being transferred there to, to watch over her, or, you know, like, are, is that part of the character? Um, I guess it kind of remains to be seen based on what happens in, in this episode. Uh, either could be possible. Uh, could also be both, um, maybe. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly, I think we've seen far worse instances of uh, yeah. high, high school um, people, like actors <laughs> playing high school age people who, who look older. Because uh, I, I could see him still being like, you know, an, an 18-year-old kid. For sure. Um, okay, Zoe's popularity is blowing up due to the events of the AvengerCon, and uh, Kamala is jealous and uh, not getting all the uh, attention that she probably deserves for saving her. And uh, Zoe even gives the sa her savior a name, Nightlight, which... Uh, I don't know. There, it's very Flash Thompson of this Zoe character. I feel like this Zoe character is very Flash Thompson. Um, do you think, I mean, later in this episode, some people yell out uh, to Miss Marvel saying Nightlight. Do you think that's something that's going to catch on? Or how will people know that she's not named Nightlight? Oh, no. Did I lose you, Brad? No, you didn't lose me. I was on mute. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, that was, that was worrisome. Um, I'll, I'll respond. Hold on. We, we, we've been having connection issues. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that was actually funny. I was like, oh no, everything's gone wrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think about Nightlight? Uh, I think it might just be one of those things. Yeah. Where like maybe some people will call her Nightlight in the way that there was um, that nickname for the other superhero um that spider-man kind of became when he was traveling europe what was it night monkey oh, or something like that yeah i forgot about that yeah and I, but when you think about it there's there's a decent amount of um maybe not too many but like there's a few superheroes who uh aren't ever really called by their marvel comic superhero name like no one ever calls um or at least until now no one had ever called uh carol danvers captain marvel uh, in the MCU movies, right? No, actually, it's interesting because there's this T-shirt that that's being sold online and in Disney parks. That's like a T-shirt that's supposed to look like it's something sold at Avengers Con. It actually, yeah. has the Avengers Con New Jersey logo. I can't find it right now, but I think it like has like a list of the the characters and it calls uh, Captain Marvel Cosmic Girl or something. Oh, something like that yeah and it, it calls uh oh my god i i don't have the list in, in front of me but it also had a different name for like giant man it wasn't uh yeah it wasn't giant man it was like giant ant or something i don't know oh that's but, that's interesting because because ant-man's one of the few characters who has like referred to himself even as ant-man so yeah you would think that the giant man would just be the most logical choice for, for that version of the character. But, uh, that's an interesting idea of like the fact that like, if no one had ever, ever officially called Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, that like people would just come up with their own superhero name for her. And like, where, where would then would they get the Captain Marvel moniker? Like, what is there some point when like Carol Danvers did some kind of interview or like, or maybe Scott Lang in his podcast, like named her Captain Marvel or something like that. Oh yeah, like yeah. Who would come up with a name if it isn't the the person or isn't you know like a newspaper? Oh, I have it right here. I pulled it up. So the T-shirt says Captain America and Iron Man and Black Widow and Mister Tree <laughs> and Hulk and Gigantic Dude and Thor and Black Panther and Cosmic Avenger. So I. So I think they're calling uh, Captain Marvel Cosmic Avenger. So okay, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so now we got Nightlight to add to the mix. Yeah. Um, 
so Zoe announces that she's having a party on Friday night to celebrate and Cameron is going. So now she wants to, even though she didn't before. And uh, the next sequence is Kamala demonstrating her abilities to Bruno and describing uh, the power as like an idea come to life, which I think is, uh, I think how you'd kind of describe like Green Lantern's powers. Like, you know, you can, through the next montage, like there's this whole montage because of course there has to be like a training montage of her like discovering her powers and stuff like that. She kind of discovers certain ways to play with her powers. And I, I have a feeling that like, what we've seen in this episode is just like the tip of the iceberg of what she can do with like this um what does she call it hard light i think i think that was what yeah um what did you think of this whole montage sequence yeah i mean it's a classic training montage sequence honing your powers figuring it out it's it's cool especially because uh these powers are different from hers in the comics so it's it's helpful to see what she can do at least at the beginning with these powers since they're not quite what they were in her marvel comics origins yeah it's also interesting here because bruno says in this episode that the power is not coming from the bangle that it is coming from in it's coming from inside kamala um and uh makes me wonder like i mean i guess it's theorized here that the bangle is somehow unlocking the superhuman part of her. Yeah. Or allows her to like, at least channel it somehow or like, you know, be more aware of it. Like how to own it. So this is interesting for a variety of aspects because number one, um, it probably means that the bangle won't give most people powers. So if I could, so we got the bangle, it would just be a bangle. Um, do you th- number two? I was wondering. Do you think it's a heritage thing? Like, do you think only people of a certain lineage might have the powers with this bangle? Yeah, and may- and maybe not even just a certain lineage, but only certain generations, because you know, uh, it's obviously something happened, uh, you know, with her her ancestors involving the bangle, but it doesn't necessarily seem to have happened with you know other people in her family. Because I'm sure somebody yeah. else probably wore the bangle at some point and nothing happened but clearly something happened in the past and so maybe it like skips you know a generation or two however that works yeah so they also note that the bangle looks like it has an uh like arabic like writing on it or something and they can't quite decipher but i think this is interesting because the the theory online has been that this is a kree nega band um which fits into like everything if you think of like where marvel is going with these shows with um the marvels leading into uh the invasion and all that stuff like the creeds are going to be a part of this thing um but why would it have that like earthly writing on it if it was if it was a creed descent any thoughts I mean, it could have been something that was maybe, like, given to humans by Kree, and, like, they, you know, made it their own, potentially. Oh, yeah. It could, they could have carved into it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, she realizes that she can create platforms of hard light. Yeah, I have in my notes here. That's what they call it, hard light, that she can step on top of. And I love how this is like all based out of some mobile game she sees uh, whoever playing on their phone. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And uh, Kamala and her friend Nakia are late to the mosque where the ladies portion of is under disrepair. And they have uh, a shoe thief that has stolen their sneakers. They're the only women at the mosque that apparently have like cool looking sneakers everybody has like you know uh traditional uh women shoes or something um so kamala convinces uh nakia to run for the board election to help fix the disparity issues going on in their mosque and i think this is also like an echo of um would you call it sexism 
inherent in me because like we saw like in last week's episode how the parents kind of treated their son differently than they're treating Kamala. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure if in this instance it's inherently uh, sexist or misogynistic because you know there there is kind of like uh, a culture of yeah, you know, it's a cultural. Yeah, because there are things that, you know, that women aren't necessarily supposed to do or are kind of forbidden from doing that men are allowed to. But I I wonder in this case if it's more of just an older sibling kind of thing because he is more uh, respectful and, like, I guess you could say maybe a little less Americanized, that he's, like, he's he's religious, still very much holding on to, uh, you know, his Pakistani identity, whereas Kamala is definitely, you know, being more American and doing things that aren't necessarily... Uh, becoming of someone you know in her in her position so it could be a mix of mix of both i'm gonna disagree with you on this one because like later in this episode they talked about his goth period where he was going to hot topic and dressing like a goth and i feel like they would never allow kamala to like be a goth that's fair and (laughs) that could could be a possibility i don't know but anyways um Kamala and her friends go to Zoe's house where uh, Cameron does a dive off the pool house and Kamala has a crush. It's it's pretty obvious here. Um, but the thing I wanted to ask you about, Brad, is the song playing in the background is Bad, Bad Boy Makes Me Feel So Good. Like that song? Ah. <laughs> uh, might that be a hint that Cameron is not the good guy after all? Uh, I mean, it, it would it works on two different levels because since it, you know s- since we we know what's uh, coming in the ending here that makes sense. But it also is that kind of thing is where he does seem like kind of like a a cool bad boy kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so in the comics, Kamala and Cameron are actually childhood friends, and both are Inhumans whose powers are acted by that uh, Terrigen bomb. Um. So very different here. Cameron's powers allow him to emit uh, in in the comics allow him to emit this bright blue white energy, which can use uh, to shock enemies and explode objects. And uh, here we haven't seen if he has powers or not. Um, but uh, also in the comics, they were romantically involved. Uh, but Cameron had a dark secret, and the character. Um, was being used by this inhuman called Lineage, a powerful villain who wanted to eliminate Earth of all non-humans, inhumans, I should say. So I'm, I, I think it's going to be very different than what the comics had with this character. And we can oh. theorize a little bit later on how it could be different. But um, so as with any house party with under, underage kids, the cops show up. And they escape in Cameron's car and uh, they bond over music and Bollywood movies. And Cameron gives her his number and uh, forgets Bruno's name. So uh, maybe that's uh, him feeling crushed at that moment. Yeah, there you go. Also, I want to say I loved the conversations that they had because so often I think in movies you hear characters having conversations about pop culture and movies and they're either super basic or they feel like someone was like trying really hard to seem like they're hip and know how these conversations go but they just don't feel quite right and even though i know nothing you know about you know a a lot of bollywood and, and things like that like the conversation just felt authentic to me and it had me wanting to go seek out like some of the filmmakers and movies they were talking about as like a good entryway into those kinds of movies because I've always been curious about them. Yeah, I have not seen any of the movies they mentioned, um, and I did not look them up. I did see someone on Twitter mention that one of them involves like a love triangle of sorts. So maybe I'm, I'm wondering if go. there's like some like hints there of like what's yeah, going I'll on. Bet there are. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts in this episode is when Kamala returns home and she's like singing to herself. And almost like this music video style vignette and then like it cuts to like reality with her like parents what they're seeing and it's just like normal and boring <laughs> um at school kamala is finding trouble controlling her powers and hides in the bathroom and um 
Yeah, it's like it feels kind of like um, what we've seen before in movies with like puberty and stuff like that, of like um, something you know being embarrassed of what's going on. Uh, Nakia gives Kamala some sage advice here and how she kind of found to be herself and be confident in her own skin. And uh, Bruno has gotten into some early immersion program at Caltech, but doesn't want to take the opportunity because he doesn't want to leave Kamala. And this would take him all the way across the United States to California. Um, Brad, what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think he's going to take the opportunity? I don't know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's. I think it probably depends on if he gets a chance to tell Kamala how he feels, whether she reciprocates, what happens there. Um, he, he'll, he has to make his decision relatively uh, quickly, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a conflict at this point. But the thing is, even if they were a couple and they were in love, at this point of like their lives... Do you think he'd resent her for not taking that opportunity if he decided to stay there for her? Like, I feel like if he did, he'd have no foundation to with which to have those feelings because oh, I'm not that's not that yeah, that's not her fault, and that's certainly a piss poor decision. On his part. <laughs> <laughs> well, one hundred percent. But what I what I'm arguing is, I think like the only he needs to go. Like, I feel like there's no world. Like, even if this was, like, a love story rom-com, like, you don't end, like, a rom-com with, like, you know, the guy deciding to forego, like, this tremendous opportunity at, uh, at Caltech to stay with his girlfriend in in Jersey. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't – it doesn't seem like a good idea as much as I, mean, I, I love – I want them to be together. Yeah, it's it's definitely not. I th- and I think that it would – if it they did – you know, realize that they both had feelings for each other, then he should still go and they should figure that out. But then if she does turn him down and he doesn't go, then maybe that could just lead into a a possibility of him, you know, becoming a villain. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening, but we'll see. Uh, So Kamala ditches Bruno to have this driving date with Cameron. uh, And we learn that Cameron moved around a lot with his mom and they have a very close relationship. And uh, we'll get to see that a little later. So uh, at first I was going to be like, who is his mom? But like, we, we kind of get to meet her later. So we'll talk about that then. Um, they also mentioned how their mothers both love Kingo. And they don't understand it. So this is a reference to Eternals. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. And also Kumala mentioned that her mom had a crush on Kingo Sr., which I think is, um, it's just kinda, Kingo. Yeah, it's just Kingo because he played, <laughs> uh, you know, every version of him. Like he played this father and his grandfather because he, you know, he the Eternals uh, live forever. So I thought that was a clever, funny joke there. Anyway, it makes uh, me makes me long for, or at least hope for, uh, a time when Ms. Marvel and Kingo work together because I think like. <laughs> Her reacting to like to seeing Kingo would would be a lot of fun. Oh, I'd love to see that. That'd be great. Uh, Kamala's brother um, spots that them and uh, they pretend that Cameron is a cousin, which I'm sure will come into play later on. Uh, but it seems like his fiance that was also there didn't buy the whole cousin thing. It seemed like she she saw that there was you know yeah, something was up. Good. Yeah, so uh, we learned that Kamala's father's family had been from Karachi for generations, but her mother mother's family moved there only after the partition. And uh, I love that this isn't just like flavor or background info. This seems like a big part of this uh, family story. Uh, Kamala's mom seems very upset talking about it and uh, mentions that the British left their people with a mess, which I... Which you could take as like a, a flavor text, but it's also comes the scene after um, uh, Kamala's brother uh, notices that Cameron has a British accent. Yeah. So I think uh, that's not a coincidence, but I don't know. We'll see. So um, 
Uh, he softly tells the story of the family during the partition and how they had to get uh, on the last train out of the city and how uh, her mother as a little girl um, or her, her, I should say her grandmother. Yeah. As a little girl got separated from her parents at the station and that no one knows how, but the little girl somehow was able to get back on the train she said she was able to do it by following the trail of the stars. So we knew that the the bangle was from Kamala's Nani, and it seems like she used it here. Is that what you, you get the impression? I think so. Yeah. So we're on the same page. Okay. Uh, it's also mentioned that Kamala's mother's mother disappeared that night, like lots of other people. Brad, what do you think happened to her? Probably something to do with the the bangle. I guess we'll find out. Uh, okay, so anyways, um, uh, Kamala's bangle begins to glow under the table, and she sees a silhouetted figure coming through the bright light before fainting. And at first I thought this might be, like, her grandmother, mm-hmm. or I should say great-grandmother. Yeah. It's a little confusing. Uh, who is who here? Um, but uh, but the um, I, I think later on we end up seeing the figure that appears at the end of this story, at the end of this episode. And I think that's the same figure that we're seeing here. We'll see. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, Kamala talks to her, uh, to her grandmother over FaceTime, which she hilariously doesn't know how to use. And uh, she reveals that the bangle belonged to her mother, Aisha, uh, the one who disappeared during the partition. And she refuses to talk any more about it because she's not supposed to. And Kamala asks her mother about the great, her great-grandmother, and she does not want to talk about it as well, saying that she brought shame on their entire family and had to move, they had to move halfway around the world to escape it. Um, so Kamala helps Nakia campaign at the outdoor market at the mosque. And it's done in this fun, almost like mean girl style showcasing the different clicks. Um, there's this wonderful moment of Nakia showing like strong arming uh, Kamala's dad into supporting her, which I thought was fun. And uh, Zoe is integrated, interrogated by the department of damage control and specifically agent Cleary and it's clear that he thinks Miss Marvel is evil and he believes that she knows that Zoe knows her secret identity which she clearly does not because if she did then maybe she'd be treating Kamala better than she does so at the fair Kamala learns stories about her great-grandmother from the Illuminati's aunties sorry Illuminati's uh, and she had secret affairs. She had a secret family. She was she killed a man during the partition. There's all these different uh, theories of you know th- things that her great grandmother did. And uh, I was thinking about this, and I was like, why would there be all these theories? Like she had secret affairs. She had a secret family. She killed a man. And the thing I'm I'm drawn to is maybe the idea that like maybe she was out you know she would leave at night to be like a superhero and like the theories that she had secret affairs or like secret family well she was kind of like sneaking around and not always there what, what do you think of that that theory uh that's interesting i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i like it but yeah yeah, we'll I like it, but also, like I said last week, I'm not sure because um, wouldn't we have heard of another, like, uh, some kind of um, Asian superhero of some kind? I don't know. I feel like that would, unless she was so super stealth about it, I feel like yeah, she I would mean, have learned. Yeah, there are definitely stealthy characters uh, in in uh, Marvel Comics, so it's, it's a possibility, um, yeah. but yeah. 
Uh, okay, so a kid falls out of the window of the mosque while trying to take some Snapchats or Instagrams. I don't, I'm not sure. He's using some kind of app with some filters. And uh, Miss Marvel makes the big save, but barely. And the people on the ground call her Nightlight. And there's a thing I noticed on my second viewing of this that I did not notice on my first viewing. And I brought it up in our Slack channel. No one else noticed this, so... I actually am going to uh, call this an exclusive that you probably heard here first. The kid that she saves outside of the mosque, I think is the sneaker, the the, snoo, the, the shoe bandit, the one that's uh, stealing the shoes at the mosque. Because you'll notice if you go back and watch the sneakers that are stolen earlier on in the episode are the sneakers he's wearing in the sequence. So unless those sneakers are super popular and, um, you know, they just happen to be wearing the same sneakers, I'm betting that is the kid at the mosque that stole the sneakers. Do, do you think there's going to be a reveal of that, Brad? Or do you think uh, this is just in there for, like, as a fun Easter egg to pay off on that? Yeah, I mean, I do wonder if there'll be, like, a, a moment where they find out that, like, he's, this character's been stealing the shoes this whole time uh maybe like a, a little reveal or something like that but yeah otherwise it could, it could just be like a fun little detail yeah. for people to notice um and the other thing i wanted to ask you brad i know you're a, a connoisseur of, of strange uh and interesting foods in the sequence to talk about a thing called ice cream pizza i've never heard of ice cream pizza before have you ever had ice cream pizza i haven't and it sounds bad <laughs> um i have had I, I, will, I, I will i will say However, I have had pizza ice cream. Uh, I haven't what, gotten a what? chance. To, yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to talk about this on any of the uh, the water cooler episodes of Slash from Daily since it's those are few and far between without the whole team anymore. But yeah. uh, Van Leeuwen um, ice cream made a bunch of weird uh, flavors, and one of them was pizza with like a mozzarella ice cream with like this tomato basil swirl in it, and it is very strange. Um, and then on a related note, they also made a Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream, which was equally, if not more, so weird. Both of those sound really gross. Yeah, the, the pizza one isn't bad. Uh, and the, the Kraft macaroni and cheese one, uh, I wouldn't. I don't even know why you would ever want to sit and eat more than just like a small spoonful to try because it's it very much captures the flavor of the uh, cheese sauce in Kraft macaroni and cheese, but it's obviously ice cold which is very strange but enough about weird ice creams <laughs> but have you ever had dessert pizza i have had dessert pizza i've had uh treats of pizzas from dairy queen uh and i've had uh another who, who else made an ice uh i so this wasn't the ice cream pizza but i had uh, a dessert pizza recently <laughs> from screaming sicilian that was had like uh, <laughs> uh like a um like a croissant kind of crust with like cookie dough bites and brownie brownie chunks and like a caramel drizzle it was very good i remember when i was a kid every once in a while we'd go to pizza hut and they used to have a buffet oh one yeah of the, one of the pizzas at the buffet was a dessert pizza i don't remember what it was but i always it was like getting. it was it was like a cinnamon apple <laughs> pi uh pizza that, that also had like a caramel drizzle on it that was that was also very good yes uh, i don't think they do those buffets at pizza huts anymore do they I don't think Pizza Hut's have a phase anymore. I know that when I was in college, there was one in Lafayette, Indiana that was still around that uh, my friends and I would go to every now and then. But I think the Pizza Hut buffet is officially gone now. Yeah, but maybe, yeah. It, but if someone else knows of a Pizza Hut buffet that's still running somewhere, please let us know because I might be willing to drive to it. <laughs> yeah, the question is, was it killed by COVID or was it dead before COVID? As well, I think know. it was dead before COVID. Yeah, I'm still I'm still upset over COVID, uh, like destroying the buffets. I used to love going to like um, Soup Plantation. It was a good uh, chain of of buffet that was it's kind of more healthy, uh, but it seems like no one wants to do buffets anymore. So, uh, okay. Anyways, let's get let's get back to this episode. Uh, so, in this moment of victory, Kamala uh, sees an image of a woman reaching out to her. And I, I don't think this is her great grandmother. I think this is the woman we see at the end of the episode. Is, is that your assessment as well? I, th I think so. Yeah. 
Um, so she drops the body, uh, or she drops the boy, but is able to slow his fall. And it appears he breaks his ankle falling onto the car. And um, uh, Kamala is followed by a couple drones. And I'm not sure if you know this, this Brad, but we've seen these drones before. Oh, we have. Yeah, these are the same drones that were used uh, by the Stark in Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'm guessing Damage oh. to Control has recovered and repurposed them. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah. realize that. So the, and those are well those are the same Is this the drone that Peter activated um to, where he accidentally tr- almost killed Yeah, uh, I think so. Okay, did drones or whatever. Yeah, so they're not Oh, it was so oh, so they're the same drones that Mysterio used then too. Yeah, or I no. think so. Or wait, uh I'm a little confused. I looked up images and I'm not sure which of the drones, but it's, it's one of the drones in that in in that movie. It, it matches up uh, image for image. Um, were they different drones? There was, were, were there two different types of drones? I'm I'm now uh, getting confused of what Looking even up. happened at the end of that movie. Yeah, they're the same drones. The yeah, yeah the Stark Industry combat drones are the same drones that Mysterio used so okay so they are all the same and that, and, that, and that makes sense because the drones that mysterio would have used before he even got his hands on edith would have been the same ones that were designed by those who no longer work for stark and are betraying him so yeah uh so cameron shows up saves her in his fast car and the reveal at the end of this episode the cliffhanger it's revealed that in the back seat is the woman that she saw in her vision cameron's mother namja and uh, uh, well, what should we say about Namja? So, Cameron's mother in the comics is is not named Namja. It's a uh, Bushra, and uh, Namja means it's a name that means um, star. I think, yeah. Um, so. They're changing a lot of what these what the story is and what these characters are, especially like the supporting characters. And, you know, obviously we've talked about her powers. Um, do you think Namja is Kumala's great grandmother? I think that would be interesting. I don't know yet necessarily, but sure. <laughs> and if she is, why does she look so young? It's <laughs> my, my follow-up question. Well, is it possible that, well, that it, it, one of two things? Maybe it is her, and maybe she has been a Cree this entire time, mm. or maybe she is uh, a scroll pretending to be her. <laughs> great, great great grandmother i think this is too confusing for the, <laughs> for the show for the six episode miniseries or i guess it's not a miniseries it's a it could it could have a fall it could have a second season um but the I idea for, of her being Cree, i think is interesting because she could easily be uh Cree and appear human and that would give like an, an maybe an origin for the bangle hmm I forgot to mention last week, but the end credits are all like art inspired by the comics. Uh, some of the same framing that you've seen in the comics. But one thing I didn't bring up also last week is in the end credits, there's a trust bro moving truck seen in the background. And I wanted oh. to ask you, Brad, is, is this a fun Easter egg or do you think the tracksuit mafia will show up at some point in the series? Well, not just the tracksuit mafia, uh, but apparently there have been rumblings that Haley Steinfeld might actually show up in this series as well. Because apparently somebody noticed in the credits for the first episode uh, that there was a credit for, uh, I think, I don't know if it was assistant to Ms. Steinfeld or makeup for Ms. Steinfeld or something like that. And obviously we haven't really? seen anybody. Yeah. And obviously we haven't seen anybody. Uh, who is a, 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 an actor named Seinfeld in the series yet. So some people are, are wonder, don't know if it's a mistake that like somehow got ported over from like 
different credits or if it's just something that got left in and may have accidentally spoiled something. Interesting, because I, I actually just put this in our notes because I was like, I, I thought for sure it was just an Easter egg. And especially like, you know, obviously the events of Hawkeye takes place close in proximity to where this show takes place. So I thought like it was just a fun Easter egg. But now you've you've got me thinking that maybe there is a connection of some kind. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Okay, let's jump into the speculation section. Of, or wait, before we jump into speculation, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I'm just really enjoying this uh, show so far. I think even more so than I thought I would. Obviously, I'm a big Marvel fan, but I, you know, I still see flaws in certain shows and don't love some, you know, as much as yeah. the others. But I really like the teenage vibe of this show and the visual style within, and it, it, it just it feels like a young story without feeling like it's uh, exclusively catering to a teenage audience. You know, um, it's, it has a universal feel to it. It still feels very Marvel, but refreshing enough that it doesn't feel like every Marvel story that we, we've seen before. So I'm, I'm fully on board. I'm very excited to see uh, where this, this series goes. Okay, uh, let's jump into speculation. Uh, I want to talk about Namja for a second. And I think to talk about her... I'm going to have to tell you about some stuff that has been in the marketing for this that um, could be a spoiler. I mean, I guess is it a spoiler because it was in the promos for this, but just letting you know, if you don't want to hear this, you could turn out now. So in one of the show's promos, there's this brief shot of Namja attacking Kamala at Amir's wedding. So I'm wondering now that uh, with that in perspective, do we th do, does that confirm that Namja is going to be like the main villain of this? More than likely, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think she wants with Kamala? Is the I guess the bigger question. That's a good question. Uh, maybe she wants her bangle back. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe she, like like most villains, maybe she wants to recruit Kamala. Um, unclear yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I personally don't know enough about uh, the the character's proxy in the comics or anything like that to try and guess how it might fit in with this particular adaptation of the series. But uh, there's yeah, there's, there's plenty of possibilities. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, the name Namja means star. And I did look up in Marvel Comics, there is a character named Star who was in, it was a Captain Marvel villain who ah. tried to steal her powers. Oh, see, then there you go. Maybe she's trying to steal mm -hmm. Kamala's powers. Yeah, maybe. Um, lastly, I had one other piece of speculation I wanted to relay, but this comes from a picture of a Funko Pop box for Miss Marvel. So if you don't want toy spoilers, do it out now. Uh, but yeah, this is on Funko Pop Box that I think are public now. I don't think it's like a leak or something. But um, on the Miss Marvel Funko Pops, there are six characters. There's like Bruno, Kamala. There's um, uh, there's a there's a bunch of people here. Uh, but the one, the, the interesting things here I wanted to point out is there is a character named Red Dagger who looks a little bit like Kareem, or um, not, not Kareem, sorry, Kareem's the person's name in the comics, uh, looks a little bit like, um, oh my God, what's the guy's name that like, uh, she jumped into the car with Cam at the end? Cameron. Cameron. Sorry. Cameron. The, the character of Red Dagger in the comics is named Kareem, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, was in my head. Um, and uh, Kareem was the mother of Kamala's aunt. So I'm wondering if Cameron is this character named Red Dagger. I'm not sure how that would fit into things. I don't know what, the, what that would mean. And the other thing I wanted to point out is Kamala's grandmother, Aisha, also has a pop figure. So there's that. If you want to buy her okay. grandmother. It seems like her grandmother's going to be have a bigger role in this than uh, just like over FaceTime. So uh, what are your thoughts on Red Dagger? I mean, I think that would make 
the most sense considering that is a character from the comics and that he's very much aligned with uh what appears to be the villain of the series so yeah i would not be surprised uh to see that happen but I, I, that does make me think though or at least wonder because red dagger is a character who is a hero uh in marvel comics if he's not necessarily going to go along with whatever his mm. uh mother's plan is and that he'll may end, may end up helping kamala in the end it is possible. I I just don't want to see her end up with him. Is what I don't want to see happen. Her and Bruno are meant to be Brad. <laughs> or maybe they are meant to be. I don't know. Uh, maybe Bruno is meant to go to Caltech, and maybe Kamala is meant to to uh, end up with this guy. I mean, at the very least, like they're supposed to be allies, so maybe they'll just work together, and like yeah. she'll she'll end up falling for Bruno. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, at least there's going to be a working relationship there, right? Because Kamala needs someone to design her cool tech, and I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. She like Bruno is definitely her guy in the chair. So yeah, uh, her um yeah for sure. Okay. Anyways, that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Tell us where we can get a Pizza Hut buffet at peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on Monday. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.